Today is a vibe check. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bay. We're brought to you by FanDuel. Thank you so much for making it your first listen today and every day. I'm Cameron Stewart, your host. I'm joined by KCEN's own, uh, Baylor Tailgate Show's own, Nicole Sheeran. Nicole, you're almost through football season here, almost. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You have been working it all from high school up through Baylor, is it nice to just kind of take a step back and be on the other side being interviewed for once? It really is. Honestly, when I do these sort of things, it's kind of weird to, to, to be on the other side weird. of things, right? Because I'm so used to interviewing other people that when I'm being interviewed, I kind of sit back and I'm thinking, oh, this is different, but it's a good different, right? Yeah. Yeah. I used to, when when that would happen to me on the rare occasions that happened, <laughs> I would think in like 20 second sound bites. Yes. If you would if you were doing the interviewing, what do I want this person to say? So I get that. I get that. It's a little different. And I got to say, Nicole, one of the one of the biggest bits of advice, because I get asked, of course, for advice all the time in, in the media world, in the sports media world. Uh, but one thing I have advised since doing a podcast in college is lost media. That is always something that keeps the listeners guessing. And I had one in the college podcast. It was one of the best shows we ever did. It never made it to air. So then we just talked about the lost media. And I was like, that's always something that you can have in your back pocket to talk about. What people don't know about this newest edition of Locked On Baylor is we have lost media, you and I. We did this whole great interview previewing the season, talking about how awesome the football season was going to be, how, you know, the, the energy was off the charts and preseason, previewing your new role on the tailgate show. It got so crazy. Is it sad that it's never going to see the light of day? It really is. You know, Cam, I think so people sad. missed out on that one, but it's okay. Truly. Now. It, now. <laughs> and I don't even have it anymore. My laptop was stolen, the one that it's on. So it's just, it's fugazi. It doesn't exist. Or if you do see it posted anywhere, please let me know. Because yeah, those are the guys that stole my car. Yes, please. Anyway, Nicole, we are through eight weeks of the season. Six home games already for you, and you still got two more. And why I wanted one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on today and talk a little bit about the season is you are on the sideline every game. Um, and you have admitted it yourself. That's That's where you are the most comfortable. When you're down there on the sidelines where the action is happening. And one of the things that was brought up throughout this this weekend after the Iowa State loss was kind of the energy all around. Energy on the sidelines, energy in the stands. For you, I know you're focused on shooting highlights for the game, but did you ever have a moment this year where you're like, ah, this just doesn't feel as you know easy as it did on the sidelines last year? Right. So I will say one thing on that, Cam. The shift... UCF for me is when that changed. Mm -hmm. When I was on that sideline in Orlando, I thought to myself, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is what it should feel like on the sideline, right? And obviously, Baylor and the Bears, they're going to feel excited because they just had the largest comeback in school history. But let's take last Saturday, for example, Iowa State. I mean, obviously your sideline's going to be excited when you get a pick or when a big play happens, but mm -hmm. the overall energy is not there in McLean. Yeah. It's not, I will say the fresh, the Baylor line and the freshman fans on that row right there. When I run back and forth every, you know, every so often, they have been awesome. Shout out to there them. Okay. Watching this. They have been great. 
But the overall energy, I mean, if you think about it, you're getting to be in a college football stadium watching a college football game. And honestly, it's just not the environment that I think people think of when they think of Baylor football and of what they want Baylor football to be. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are moments where you'll see Dave Aranda and he's really animated and he's juiced and he's ready to go, or you'll see the other guys over there spinning their towels, you know, like they always do that, which is awesome, but it's not the overall theme throughout the entire game. And it's sad because to me, it feels rare when I'm on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you did notice the shift in that UCF game. So it was different before and, and I'm guessing different after. Absolutely. The, the shift that I felt, before versus after that game, it felt like I was surrounded by a completely different team and a completely different environment, honestly. And, and what was it like during that game where you were like, oh, this is it. Like this, I feel like I'm on the college football sideline. This feels like a team that was in a BCS bowl two years ago. It was awesome. I mean, I I called my parents the next day and I said, that may have been one of the best games I've covered ever. And, you know, it wasn't a national championship. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a regular season conference game. But the fact that, you know, the comeback that they had, the turnaround that they had, everybody thought, myself included, I'll be honest, going into half, I looked at myself and I said, why did I fly all the way to Orlando? (laughs) My news director's probably thinking, why did I just send Nicole to cover this Mm -hmm. game? And that's why. That's why he did it, because they just made history and I got to witness it from the sideline, which is that probably will never happen again. I'm sure I will be at many games where history is going to be made in different ways. But just seeing, you know, Blake Shapin and all the guys afterwards hugging each other. you They're human beings. Yes, people yeah. are miss football yeah. players, but they're college dudes. They're human beings. They're dabbing each other up. They're smiling. I mean, those are the emotions that covering this Baylor team this season, I haven't seen a lot, honestly, yeah. which is it's sad, you know, because I haven't I haven't seen that celebration. I haven't seen that juice that we all want to see. But after that UCF game, I mean, vibes were immaculate. The yes, presser was awesome. For once, it wasn't a feeling of this is depressing and this is sad and this is frustrating. It was just it was a great environment. Ten out of ten experience for sure. And that what people some people don't know about the craft. You didn't. We weren't on the laptop probably, but you knew what your highlights were going to be. Mm-hmm. And it just all changes in the final yeah. 10 minutes of the game. Wild ride. And such a, such a Nicole Shear in line in there too. You know, it's not the national championship. That's a UGA grad, by the way. Say, so, oh, <laughs> it's not the national championship, but it'll do. It'll do. I had to throw that in there, Cam. I had, you know, a good comparison. That was, that was a big topic in the lost media. And so I'm yes. glad we got to bring that, that back up. Yes, um, but talking about, talking about the pressers too, you know, you are around Dave a bit more and definitely more than some of, you know, kind of our, us regular media, you know, you're at all the press conferences, uh, right. Monday and post games and, and all of that. How does it feel just being at that and just getting the same answers mm-hmm. over and over? Not, not as necessarily a knock on Dave, but just like, man, I would love to come in here one day and, and we have different questions to ask. Right. Absolutely. No, you know, In that regard, it's tough because like you said, you want each Monday when, you know, Dave addresses the media every Monday after the weekend game, you want to go in there thinking I'm going to gain a lot of newer information after this. Right. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but how many different ways can you say something about a team that's struggling to find their identity? Right. And a team that's struggling to perform on the field. 
Dave talked about it today. I mean, the fast starts, they can't find it. They can't find it until the third and fourth quarter. It's those sort of things where every week these are issues. And I think that shows in itself what kind of struggles this team is facing by the fact that Dave is addressing the same issues every single week. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of improvement in certain areas. Now, I will say, I will say, I think it was two or three Mondays ago. It was after the UCF game, which just goes to show you when they win and things happen, there's new things to talk about. It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) So I asked a question about Matt Jones and Dave said, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I'm sure you saw it where he talked about puking on the sideline. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. Threw up and then said, we're going to win this game. Yes. Yes. It was one of my great titles ever. (laughs) Exactly. One of the best sound bites I think ever. Um, but that's the kind of stuff to say, because the, it is tough to get a Dave soundbite good oh, or yes. bad. It's yes. tough good to get bad, a 20 second soundbite. <laughs> yes. Cause he has so much knowledge to share and so much information that it's tough to get those 20 seconds clipped, but that's the kind of stuff that I want to hear going into a press conference. I mean, it humanizes them. Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. it makes them, you know, real people like they're just dudes in college. And so it has been tough. Um, every Monday to kind of go in and I went in today and I was like, all right, are we going to learn anything new kind of, but to be honest, I kind of left with what I kind of already knew just in terms of the struggles that they're facing, the adjustments that they're trying to make. But as of now, it's not happening on the field. And unfortunately that, that has been the case uh, for a lot of this season. But the good news about this is today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, which is one of my absolute favorite sponsors over here. They're America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. $5 money line. It's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in the action. We have the ultimate equinox of sports going on right now. World Series both NFL and college football, NBA, NHL, all going on right now. This is utopia for people like us. And the app is so easy to use. You can do spreads, player props, over-unders, anything you can think of. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and treat this Equinox season right. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And remember, those new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Nicole, I want to reference the UCF game a little bit more, not because I want to dwell on Baylor's one shining moment almost (laughs) this year, but because that was the first game back for Blake Shapin. And you had noted that it was a shift in the energy on the sideline and with the players on the field, obviously, especially in the second half. How much do you think of that coincided with, with their leader, the guy who's been, much scrutinized, much maligned in the last year plus, but someone the coaching staff and players keep saying they believe in. How much do you think that shifted because number 12 was back out there? I think it was a lot of the reason. Um, I think Blake Shapin is honestly a dog. I think he is... he got that dog in him. He's got that dog in him. He, he does. Really does. If you look at purely the numbers, Blake Shapin is the most consistent player on this team right now. Sure. Just in terms of pure performance standpoint. But you see it... You see it on the sidelines. You see it, you know, watching broadcasts. You saw it against Cincinnati. He is the kind of quarterback that obviously he wants to perform himself on the field, but he's going to be cheering on his guys on the sidelines, hyping everybody up. I remember that one play. I want to say it was against Cincinnati or maybe it was UCF. I can't remember. 
but he was hurting like something, something was going on with his injury. He was in some pain, but he kind of got off to the sideline and he kept pushing. He kept going through. He was hitting guys on the back. It just, that's the kind of quarterback you want on your team. You want a leader. You think of that old Ed Reed video. You remember that? Yes. yes like, you exactly. all right? No, I'm not all right. <laughs> but I'm out there for my brothers. That's what I'm like ready to just overcome a 26 point deficit right now. No, exactly. And you need that kind of energy because like we were saying earlier, that's not really apparent on this Baylor team right now. And I think not having Blake there was a huge missing piece to the puzzle. And then when he came back, that that puzzle was kind of filled, but it's not fully complete yet because I don't think the team as a whole has found their identity, which at this point in the season is honestly unacceptable because you've had plenty games to figure that out. And by this point, that identity needs to be found, but it's very apparent to me that it hasn't been found yet. And there's still struggles that have to be worked on. But Blake Shapin is honestly a saving grace in terms of the timing when he came back. And it was very apparent to me of the difference that was made. Yeah, definitely. And and one thing you had touched on in the first segment was some of the Dave Aranda energy. Now, that might seem like an oxymoron to some people. I get this all the time about why can't he be excited? And I had mentioned something about the team's lack of energy. And they said, well, they model their head coach. And I said, well, I, I want to push back on it a little bit for a couple of reasons. That's not to say, you know, Dave Aranda is this rah-rah guy or that his hands are completely clean of the season that we're having. Of course not. But one of the reasons why I want to push back is because we have glimpses of Dave Aranda energy, like real Pete Carroll college football energy. And I know you went to some practices, of course, in the offseason, in the fall camp. Tell me about what he can be like when he's really getting into it. Okay, Cam, I don't think I will ever forget this moment. It was fall camp. I want to say it was day one or day two. And I'm standing there shooting video. And I just see Dave like clapping so loud. He's screaming. I mean, his veins are popping out of his neck. Like he is so intensely into what's going on right now. I turned, I don't even know who was next to me, but I turned to the person next to me and I said, who is that guy? Cause I've never <laughs> seen that before. It was crazy. And that's the kind of energy. Obviously you're not going to have that. Every word you say, everything you're doing on the sideline, you're not going to act that way. There's a time and place for that, but it showed me that Dave Aranda is capable of that kind of energy. And maybe for him, it comes in spurts. It comes in glimpses. But I will never, ever, ever forget that moment during fall camp. I mean, it was iconic, truly. I won't forget yeah. the image. <laughs> he might be a guy who just, I, what I think is he's just locked in during the game. Like Locked in. That's not, yeah. Obviously, he's intense about it. But also, Chad and Darby are just typing away in the comments right now. They were the ones that were next to you and you couldn't remember. That's... <laughs> Very inconsiderate. Very inconsiderate. Sorry, Chad and Darby. I'm so sorry. But but the other thing too that I that I want to push back on a little bit from that from that comment was, and and you kind of mentioned it a little bit too earlier is that we've seen the energy when Dave's been here. You know, we we've seen the bench have energy in 2021. We we saw mm -hmm. it last year, which was even a lackluster season last year. Am, am I wrong in saying that that even the energy last year was better on a six and seventeen? No, you're absolutely right. A hundred percent. Definitely thought, and I don't know whether it's because, you know, there was a little bit more success last year. Obviously they were mm -hmm. going through some struggles as well, but there was a little more of that hope. I don't know if a large part of the reason right now, why the energy is so low is because they cannot win at home. And I think that's, it's tough. I mean, think about it. 
When you have a home game, you think home field advantage, you're playing in front of your fans, this is our turf, we defend our turf, but they just can't do it. They can't get that win at home. And I think that's a huge part of why maybe the energy is lacking is because it's a little it's a little depressing for them to kind of think, yeah. why can we win on the road, but we can't win in front of our fans? Because they want to they want to impress their fran- fans. That's the whole point, right? They're coming to this game to watch their guys, and they can't they can't get the win for them. And so I think maybe that's a large part of it too. And I had mentioned this on the show Monday of, you know, the guys had talked about over the weekend, both the players and Dave had mentioned that they do have that kind of mentality on the road, that us against mm-hmm. the world, and it helps them. Do you think we just need to, we meaning the Baylor fan base, just need to be like more negative at home or something? Like if we started booing them, do you think that might help? I think um, maybe we'll It'd be, be drastic, but look, I mean, I mean times. honestly, maybe we need to wear the color of the opposing team. Like maybe for Houston, we all wear red. Like I don't. We've all got red. <laughs> we've all got red. I have a red sweater on right now, actually. Um, So I just think, you know, I don't know what it is, Cam. And I wish I could sit here and say, what is the problem? But I will say, I think there's two main things. And you touched on one of them. It's fuel to the fire, right? There's mm-hmm. something about getting booed at. Nobody really, you know, rah, rah, cheering you on. You kind of want to prove them wrong and show them what you got. I think that's a part of it. I also think there's a part that's, you know, when you're on the road, you're completely locked into your circle. And their circle is the team, the coaching staff. There's no fan distraction. There's no, oh, my parents are here or, oh, everybody's visiting on the sideline. It's homecoming, whatever. There's none of those distractions. It's all, we made the trip to Ohio and it's us against the state of Ohio. That's what Dave quote. He always says that he was like, it's us against the city of Orlando. It's us against them. And I think that is a huge part of it, which is really tough for a lot of teams. And I think Mm -hmm. kudos to Baylor that they have the ability to win on the road. Like they do, but it's almost like they're doing the opposite of what everybody would think. And so I think that's part of the problem with this team is that they, it's almost like all the noise of their fans is maybe it's maybe like the big lights and the bright lights are too much right now. I don't know. Gotcha. Um, I wish I could tell you. I wish. I yeah, because I was. I didn't know if it was a if they're too comfortable, you know, right. staying at home or, right. or also, what it was. I will say one thing, which I thought was very interesting. After the Texas Tech game, I want to say Monterey Baldwin talked to the media in the post game presser and. He kind of said, you know, I feel like some of these guys are just here putting in the motions mm-hmm. and doing the work. And they're just here to put in the work, put in the motions. And at just the end of the day, by, waiting for someone else to make a play. Yes. Waiting okay. for someone else to make a play. You do not want to hear that from a player. That is not what needs to be said. That's not what you want to hear as a media person covering the team, as a coach. You don't want to hear that. And so that's a problem that that's kind of the energy on this team. And from what that stems from, I don't know, but I think that's part of the identity and the culture issue that this squad is having right now. And certainly it is, I mean, I think I like that word in their culture. You know, it might not be any one person's fault, but Mm -hmm. this is the culture that's around the program right now. And real quick, because we got to get to a break here. You were on the field for warmups. It was pouring down rain. You've been on most of the warmup fields this year. Someone said over the weekend, it was the best warmups they've ever had at Baylor. Did you feel during the warmups that this was going to be different this week? Okay, honestly, I did because one, it was okay. So that makes it more dramatic, you know, because it's like really coming down and whatever. But I will say, and I noticed it, it felt more like up tempo, like fast paced almost. It just felt a little more aggressive and I don't know, like gritty almost. Like, 
you know, it felt like that. And then what was interesting is Dave today said that they wanted to switch up warmups to break more of a sweat before the game. And I noticed that. So I will say I did notice a shift, which I like the mindset of shifting things up. Obviously didn't result the way we wanted it to, but I did see a shift in the warmups. I think they might need to do a Remember the Titans song in summer coming out. <laughs> I think we might well see that next time. Okay, talking about our sponsors today, once again, these, th- these three things are all that you need in a football team, okay? Passion, drive, and patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber. You're not burning cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP Heisman Trophy winner and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And that eBay guaranteed fit only does go with our great customers here in the U.S. of A. Wrapping things up with Nicole Sheeran of KCEN and the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show that goes on before every Baylor home football game. And that's one of the things I want to bring up next because in that show, you're you're talking to a lot of former uh, Baylor Bears. You've got Seth Russell on the show. You've got Elliot Coffey on the show. Uh, you had Andrew Billings a few weeks back and, and guests as, as they come as they may um, during these home games. And I wasn't just wondering, you know, obviously we, we hear from Seth and, and from Elliot a lot, but for people who don't listen to the show, how are they feeling? How are the former players feeling about kind of the way this, this season is going for the Bears? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because you get the – you get the offensive side of things with Seth. You get the defensive side of things with Elliot. And I think what I really love about the show is that they can relate to a lot of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their personal experiences with various things they've dealt with during their time on the team. And I think hearing their player perspective, just in terms of situations that I obviously did not experience or really understand from their side of things that they get what Elliot was telling me the other day is that, The whole idea of finding an identity, he totally gets that. He gets that that's something every team goes through because especially when you have newer guys, younger guys trying to mess Mm -hmm. with each other, trying to figure out, you know, camaraderie, all that sort of good stuff. That's something that every team goes through. And like um, Seth in the quarterback position, we were kind of talking about when Sawyer had his start, Seth could really relate to that because he had a similar situation for him when he got his start. And so – it's interesting hearing from these guys because it almost, like I've said a lot today, humanizes what these guys are going through, right? It's not just about, oh, he's QB1 and he's QB2 and now he's QB1. It's like, no, no, no. These guys have to fill this role. And there's a lot of other pressure pressure that comes with that. And so I love talking to Seth and Elliot about all of it. Um, I will say Elliot loves the word motor. And I think <laughs> I love that. I've heard that, yes. <laughs> yes, you've heard that. And I love that because – the impression I get is when Elliot was on the team, you know, there was a lot of juice. There was a lot of you mm-hmm. with Baylor plus and all that they're doing right now, which I think is awesome. You get to see, you know, the inside look into the team and you get to see what it was like when Elliot played, there was a clip that they had. And it's just those sort of moments where Elliot was telling me that 
when he was on the team, the juice he feels was super different than it is now. Yeah. And he said the same thing where against Orlando, he saw that fire that he felt when he was a Baylor bear playing on that field, but it's not something that we really see a lot anymore. And so, yeah, it, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Let me no, go for it. No, you're. I good. was just going to say that that Elliot and Seth basically almost their entire career. One year for Seth under Jim Grobe is, is under Art Bryles. And yep. uh, look, this is not a we need to hire Art Bryles back podcast. Absolutely not. But he definitely those teams always had the energy. Absolutely. Win, lose, or draw. They were always and. I feel like that's something we just kind of took for granted here. I don't know if Elliot's mentioned that same thing, but it feels like you you have to start with that. You know, mm-hmm. as great as a mind as Dave Aranda is, because I still do believe that, and even Jeff Grimes on the offensive side of things, he's run some damn good offenses in the past. It just feels like it, it hasn't gotten past the starting point because you don't have right. that starting point of the motor. Is that, does, that, does that sound like kind of what he's mentioning too? Absolutely. No, yeah. it, 100%. Because... Like you said, you can have one guy on your team who has that energy and has that fire and is showing that on the field. Like what I was saying earlier, Blake Shapin kind of has. But it can't translate to everyone in a matter of seconds. It has to start from the coaching staff and it has to go down, right? And so I've always said this, and obviously I'm not in the locker room at halftime, but I've always said that I, I just wonder what goes on in there. Like, is yeah. is Dave yelling at these guys? Like, is he screaming? Like, what is the energy like? Because I'm no coach. I'm no, I'm none of that. I'm not an OC, not a DC. I'm not any of that. But sometimes I think that's what these guys need. Like, I just want to like shake them almost and just be like, wake up, like get fired up and do this thing. You know what I mean? And so I will say Dawson Pendergrass in Saturday's game, It was pouring down rain. He scores that touchdown. I was right in the end zone. I mean, the way he celebrated that touchdown, I was like, that is what we need all the time from every. We've never had a question on whether he wants to be out there. Exactly. Never been a question, question. but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it it should be a domino effect. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's what you hope it is. But when you have guys like Monterey saying that some of these guys are just waiting for the next guy to make the play, it's like, no, that's not how this works. It's disheartening. And so I don't know whether it starts from a leadership standpoint, just in terms of the coaching staff telling these guys, or if it starts with Blake Shapin and guys like that, who kind of need to rile up their guys and, and figure out the culture issue right now. And and final thing for me, Nicole, when you're going to be on the sideline this weekend against Houston in the pregame from the bench, what do you look for? You, You obviously know this team. Well, you've known the shifts very well. What are you looking for to be like, okay, I, I like where this team's at today. I'm looking for what they look like from the first snap. What What is the energy look like from literally the first snap? Because there's a lot, obviously, you know, that's not going to determine the entire game, but there's a lot that can be said from a team based off of what they look like from that first snap. And you notice it from the opponent as well. I remember when Baylor played Texas, I was like, oh, okay, like, here we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where, one, if you want to intimidate your opponent, you got to be strong from the first snap. But second, if they need to fix this issue of that slow start, then you have to figure that out before you even take the field for pregame warmups is what it sounds like needs to happen. And so what I'm going to be looking for is I want to see that energy pregame again. I want to see that, you know, grittiness, that hustle, that energy that I was seeing from all those guys. The motor, if you will. The motor. Shout out to Elliot. The motor. Exactly. But then when I watch, you know, Blake Shapin, that first snap, 
I want to see something happen. I want to see, all right, these guys are here to play today. You know, that's kind of what I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah, it's not something we've seen too much of this year. Baylor has led at halftime just two of their six home games. Yeah. Two. Unacceptable. But, Nicole, before we get you out of here, where can people follow along? Where can people find you? Yes. Okay. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Nicole Sheeran TV. You can also follow me on Instagram if you want. Same username. Um, you can find more info about me on kcentv.com if you really want to. But yeah, I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on all the platforms too. I got it all. Just follow me. (laughs) Yes. And please do Nicole Sheeran TV because I messed up her Twitter handle in the bottom here. If you're watching. Oh, I didn't even notice the TV at the end. Sure. Sure. You didn't. Um, you can find her on KCEN as well as the Baylor alumni tailgate show. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you guys for making it your first listen today and every day. This has been, and always will be locked on Baylor.